I'll hit the record button just before I forget. Uh, yeah, this one I'm going to keep normal. Uh, and if we have time, I mean, I, maybe we'll find something and we'll just be talking for ages on this one topic. Um, but we'll go from there. When we get to two days and two nights, uh, I was yep. going to change up the format slightly. Rather than going okay. scene by scene, we'll go yep. day day by day or day, night, day, night. And we'll break down what happens because none of the none of the stories all overlap. There's not like a direct correlation between so this happens to Archer, so Hoshi has something. So I was just going to be, all right, day one, what did they get up to? Night one, what did they get up to? And we'll do it that way. It might speed things up. It might slow things down. I just don't know. But I figured yeah. it's in the episode. It's a bit, you know, it's related yeah. to time in the episode. So we figured, yep, just go for that. Cool. That sounds interesting. It also means that uh, <laughs> when I come to edit and if, omicrons happen and lockdowns happen and all this sort of stuff i could edit each day as a separate episode and just release them slowly and eke it out just in case uh, <laughs> it's got a nice natural block off point and we'll just have cool. part one of part two days and two nights part two of two days and two nights and so on uh-huh. but there we go um cool. right okay let's get started space time the ever-expanding frontier these are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to season three, episode 25 of the podcast and season one, episode 23. Yeah, that's our chrono date and it is Desert Crossing here on the Temporal Trek. I'm not alone, of course. I've now got my co-host, uh, my colleague in this team. Um, how are we, Dan? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, not too bad. Um, looking forward to reviewing the episode as ever. Mm-hmm. Um it will be very interesting to see how we go today. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, to, to glance behind the curtain for the listeners. Um, we're going to be re- try and record Desert Crossing and Two Days and Two Nights in one go to finish off the Riser trilogy. Uh, we had such a cracking, stonking opening episode with uh, Fallen Hero um, that, uh, I, of course, these next two episodes are classics as well that we need to discuss. And... Um, We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the Ryson trilogy continues. Um, yes. Any thoughts on Desert Crossing in general, remembering it back when you first watched it uh, and obviously rewatching it now? Any any differences there? Um, Desert Crossing is a difficult one for me because it's not one. It's, I must admit, I as much as, I, you know, season one of Enterprise has its issues, there aren't many that I skip. But I have mm-hmm. to say, Desert Crossing is one that I skip. Um, so watching it again was was work. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this one for me always gets confused with the one in season two, which uh, the name of the episode I'm now blanking. But where they go and play the game, and it's Reed, Trip, Archer, and um, Topol, and they they're playing a game in the desert, or they're crossing. They're not crossing the desert, but they're they're doing something. There's some. Um, 
Oh God, I'm trying wow. to remember the trying to remember the I've, episode in season two. I've but... not only blanked the episode name, I've totally blanked that episode. <laughs> I have no it's, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's season two. Oh God, I'm now I'm, maybe I'm just imagining another episode of Enterprise, and I just want it to be something else other than this. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I seem to get confused with a different episode where something else happens in a desert, where there's another well, there's, desert there's planet. Season four, isn't there? When they do the crossing of the yes, the Vulcan the forge. Yes, yes. Oh, this is going to bother me now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. I don't normally do this on the episode, but I am gonna Google it. Um, yes. So yeah, we've got the three, uh, or is it three or four part uh, Vulcan epic? Um, three, I think. Is yeah. Three, is it? Yeah. Uh, see later at seasons i know i enjoyed them of enterprise but my recall on them is a lot harder for some reason okay. season one stuck in there a lot more probably because right. because it was the first one because i was you know hyped up to see a new trauma. star trek so, yeah maybe maybe it is trauma yeah that's a good point maybe i should speak to someone about that um <laughs> it's not marauders it's not that uh, oh god what is it it's I think the... you made that up, to be honest. I with think you. I, I have. Really I must have made it up. I honestly <laughs> cannot, for the life of me, remember what the name of the episode is. If we come across one, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, at some uh, point, we're, 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 that's that episode, isn't it? It might be that episode. Maybe it's in the Zindi arc. I don't. I don't quite remember. Anyway, anyway, right. I think there was another desert episode. I'm. I'm just blanking. I'm literally trying to talk about anything other than desert crossing here. Um, <laughs> Well, let's get into the episode. Uh, for yeah. new listeners, uh, you know, uh, everyone's podcast is their first podcast, as they say. Um, we have an LCARS rating system. We don't do points. We don't do out of five, out of ten here, uh, because it's all subjective. Um, and we try and uh, register it as a report for our temporal investigation superiors as we're looking through time in order. Uh, we have the LCARS system. So L is to locate the episode, locate point in time and discuss the episode in general then we get to real sort of ratings criteria then we get c for consequences unless there's timey wiminess and continuity issues then it's continuity is the c a is for alterations expansions things that we might want to see more of in this episode i don't think we're going to have anything this week but there we go um but uh we've actually been discussing and dan came up with a great idea of an alternate use of a maybe for later seasons of star trek uh do you want to go into that dan yeah well, i was just thinking i was i was watching um tos on uh, the horror channel and mm-hmm. you know when you watch it now to say it's it's problematic <laughs> is being polite. Yes. So I thought, well, alterations, there'd be so many alterations that maybe we should try, rather than alterations, we should go for allegory. Love it. TOS particularly was famous for its allegories. So maybe we could we could look into the what is the allegory? What what's the what's the, the message of the the episode? I mean, I think Star Trek often has messages, but certainly TOS was, you know, packed mm. full of them really. So that's why I thought maybe allegory could be a rather than absolutely ripping the the episode apart from 2020, we might be a bit kinder and and um, <laughs> try not to be quite so harsh. Yep, absolutely. Go gentler uh, on the on the weaker and older and feebler of uh, the Star Trek series as far as um, how it stands up. But yes, absolutely allegory. So. I mean, we could you bring allegory into bad, maybe bad episodes of Star Trek Enterprise yeah. just to have something else to talk about. Because uh, if it is a bad episode, we might pull it apart. I'm not saying that's going to happen this week, but there we go. Um, 
And then uh, R is our ratings criteria for recommendations. We recommend to uh, Star Trek fans, and do we recommend to new people coming into the franchise, maybe brainwashing them into Star Trek and making a new Trekkie? Is it a good example of that? Uh, the last one is not really a criteria, but I call it a criteria anyway. It's the S, it's set up uh, to make sure that everything is in timeline order and chronological uh, order as we watch through uh, together. Speaking of watching, let's get into the L. That's locate the time. Uh, we are still in 2152, but fortunately, uh, Archer is making a star log entry. This doesn't happen very often in season uh -huh. one. Uh, very few people actually give us a star date. And be the timeline is on release schedule of this podcast. I'm going to be releasing it on February the 11th. This episode is set on February 12th. So oh, we're almost lined up. We're about 130 years out uh from from that but date wise we're very very close one day out so february 12th 2152 is the location of the timeline and after a brief detour archer is calling the last episode a brief detour uh fallen hero they they broke the warp five barrier they yes. saved an ambassador they probably brought down you know this corrupt evil Maserite government um and it's a brief detour yeah i, I just i mean maybe lieutenant hiss hess just fixed it all uh, and you know maybe it's just faded from memory i don't know uh but during the the captain's log entry uh i'll just sort of talking as though it's a done deal that he's actually going to be going on holiday and he's got his eye on this soraya bay this um this beach um i don't know why i'm mentioning that maybe it comes into next week's episode who knows um but it, it seems obvious that everyone seems to be getting leave according to this log entry and then we get a distress call and then it's straight into the credits. Uh, although I will mention that Porthos, I think, is probably the best actor in this scene because he not only reacts to Archer and understands English, but he then ducks his head down and he is yes. very sad. So we know it's not nice for him. Um, but all the way up to the credits, just the opening log entry, the done deal, and um, everything else. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I've often we've often spoke about how much we quite like these little vignettes at the beginning of the, the episode, hmm. and this one is just a bit bland, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's that thing where we've mentioned in other episodes where they just jumped into the action before, like yeah. it's already happened. This distress call could have just already happened. They've already established yeah. they they they're more than willing to do it. I like the idea that we've got star log entries and captain's log entries uh, because it makes my job a lot easier for yeah. <laughs> chronologically. Uh, but yeah, there's not really anything going on um, other than we get a little bit of Porthos acting. Yes, a bit of Porthos, yes. Yeah, exactly. Making an early run for a most valuable um, <laughs> character of 2152. Maybe we could have a, a separate character, four-legged character, and obviously he's going to be tops every single every single <laughs> se season. Um, and that's it. We go into the credits, we come back, and we get our sort of villain antagonist it's quite mm. weird to define him really but played by clancy brown now i'm a big clancy brown fan um we're going to probably discuss this in a minute um but you know this is mr Krabs. uh this is sergeant zim from starship troopers or you've got your villains as well so you've got your lex luthers your kurgan you've got um oh i can't remember the character's name now from shawshank redemption um the prison guard that he plays yeah. as well um who again is sort of half evil half good he has sort of elements to his personality a bit like this character as well um but uh yeah 
this is Mr. Krabs. I, I watch a lot of SpongeBob in this house. Uh, not necessarily because my kids want to watch it. Um, <laughs> but Clancy Brown, I love the voice. He is a very intimidating actor. This, though, not one of his best performances. Your thoughts? <laughs> I agree. I, I, you know, I didn't really know Clancy. I'm very bad at recognising people. My partner is, frankly, amazing. She can... Like she can recognize people from their eyebrows and sort of <laughs> you say, Oh, the way the shape of her mouth or something, and she'll be able to recognize so oh, she was in that thing. Me, they're just <laughs> a new person every time. So I didn't really recognize that, but I have to say I didn't like his performance. I don't like this character. He he feels to me like a very he's a very stock character again. We we spoke funny enough, was it um detained where, you know, mm where we spoke about how great um, uh, Dean Stockwell was. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be a return to the stock character, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on uh, Clancy Brown's performance. Although I love him in um, Shawshank Redemption particularly. Yes. You know, um, yeah, we can talk about Shaw- we could talk about Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> we actually should do that instead of, <laughs> instead of uh, Desert Crossing. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, not not for me. Yeah, it's it's not a stereotype. It's not completely stereotypical. And I was thinking that that's, that's the danger they could have gone into. They could have made it 100%, you know, um, Bedouin, Arabic-type yeah. character, over the top, and, and very, um, I don't know, just just brash. And See, he I, starts I off. I disagree with you there. Yeah. Actually, I think that that's exactly what they did do. Oh, okay. I th- that's one of my problems with it. I think he was such a typical sort of stereotypical sort of Arabic prince or something, you know, sort of that idea of giving giving stuff away and, you know, and, and sort of putting on a, a show and, put you know, the food was better than they normally eat. It just felt mm. very, you know, because he lived in a desert, he was Arabic. Yeah, you know, I'm no expert on the Arabic culture, so yeah. you know, maybe I'm again. I'm talking from a, a sort of Western perspective of of what we, you know, that. But yeah, that was one of the problems for me. I have to ah, say, interesting. See, uh, uh, yes, I agree. But once we get to the desert, yeah, 100 stereotype. For me, that first scene where we first meet him, we learn about the the injectors haven't been unclogged and his maintenance. There was something, not sort of with withdrawn about him but it seemed a bit more scheming like he was your classical classical trek villain like he was putting on a nice face but there were points where he's sort of looking around the ship as if he's like summing it up and trying to figure out how he could you know maybe go there it it felt like more like a uh, a classic you know tos villain that Mm. he's He's just being very nice with Archer and he's 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 building him up. Yeah, once we get to the desert, 100% stereotype. It completely changes. And right up, there's a point where he's like talking to T'Pol, I think, over the comms and open up your, your shutter bay doors. And he's really like thick, over the top Arabic inflections to his voice. Um, just over the top stupidness. And yeah, that's where it goes down for me. But the first scenes where we first seen him, okay, yeah. That, yeah. that for me, it, again, it, you're you're right as well you are you are uh 100 right he is um a complete stereotype but for this first scene i didn't think that was there it just seemed to change 
and I don't know mm. why. I don't know whether maybe the director was asleep the first day of shooting when they were doing this bit, and then when they changed to the desert location, they had a different director. Maybe he'd, <laughs> ate, he'd ate some bad food, I don't know, and he just he was more alert, maybe he drank more coffee, I don't know. Uh, and it just seemed to, yeah, it grates. It really does great after that. It's interesting because you just got me thinking about, you know, stock um, TOS. And at the beginning, I think you're right. I think he's got like a bit of Harry Mudd about him. Yes. Yes. That's that's it. Yes, absolutely. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really picked up on that, but I think you're right. Yeah. And I was wondering if that's something they were going to try and do, whether they were going to try and bring this character back more often as a Harry Mudd-ish type character. And, you know, he's the, the lovable rogue or anything, but... It really didn't work out that way. <laughs> By the end of this episode, no, 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 no. no. Um, yeah, routine problem. Uh, uh, I don't know. Lieutenant Hess seems to be welding some parts. I don't know who was welding the parts in that bay. Um, it, it looked like that was a, a real shuttle that they'd made. Like that was actually mm. a model and it was being dealt with. If it, if that was CGI, I was completely fooled. Yes. Like, that was fantastic. There is a later scene where he says goodbye on the Enterprise where it not only looks CGI, it looks like he's standing in front of a green screen that is not even the best green screen they could get. It was just a, a muslin that they'd hung up and projecting it onto the the, 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 the side of it. Um, yeah, I don't know why they went from what looked like a practical effect to a CGI effect in the same episode. Did yep. they l- literally lose the budget after they'd gone to the desert? <laughs> in the same episode um we get a look at four shuttle bays doors uh not two um which is incredible forward planning uh you know to think that there might be more than the one shuttle craft out there and they could bring it in there um but looking at it and this is my chance to talk about any other episode but this uh shuttle pod one um they said that the doors had ripped off and that's what uh, Trip and Reed had seen on the moon when they, they realised that there must have been a crash and the Enterprise had been destroyed. The stuff they saw had almost re- Enterprise written across it, yes. whereas there is no mention of Enterprise on these new doors. So if there's ever a crash in the future, no one's ever going to know. <laughs> so maybe there was a consequence after Shuttle Bay 1 that we missed. Yes, that we had missed, yeah. They've, they've redesigned the exterior hull, so it doesn't give away the false impression that there's a an accident on board. <laughs> but there we go. It was literally, I am trying to mine anything I can out of these episodes. Um, I watched it several times trying to think of something. Um, Trip and Archer, Trip hates the desert. They've done some training two weeks in Australia. That must have been the easiest two weeks compared to what they're about to go through because, I mean, Trip really does struggle. I I can't believe they've got a passing grade in their survival training. (laughs) A bit weird that a Florida man doesn't like heat. Uh, having yes. been to Florida a couple of times, and my God, that's hot. Um, any thoughts on the interplay between Trip, Trip and Archer, the friendship? Yeah, I mean, I think it just builds on what we've already seen, really. It's, um, again, you know, it's just the writing, it's not dynamic, it's not, you know, it's it's pretty sort of blocky almost, you know, sort of mm. lumpy, mm. you know. Again, I mean, I can't even recall that scene to be honest with you, really mm. properly. You know, and it's such a shame because I, the thing I do like about this episode is the idea that that you know they've people have heard about what the Enterprise has done with detained. I really like that, and it's it's like a little nugget of something that could have been. It's it's sort of talked about in the episode, and it's brought up a couple of times, but. 
you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's, again, maybe this is alterations time, but, you know, they could have done a bit more with that. You know, it could have been, I don't know, it just, you know, maybe it could have run through two or three episodes where they, you know, maybe not in, in, in order, but later on, you know, there could have been another person that, that said, oh, you know, I heard about what you did at Pajem, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do you know what I mean? Sort of, that would have been quite nice. So mm. it was a little nugget that didn't quite go anywhere, unfortunately. But yeah. other than that, you know, it's so bog standard. <laughs> you know, it's so sort of formulaic and, and sort of, you know, yeah, the, the, it's very hard to sort of pull anything interesting or sort of you know exciting out of the episode really yeah really i feel so bad because you know funny enough i was listening before this um because i I meant to watch the episodes again last night Mm. and i just didn't quite get around to it and my memory is really poor i've got like literally i have a medical condition which means that my memory my short-term memory is like the worst it could be sort of the the bottom three percent of the population or something oh wow so i um really struggled to remember things i can like i can remember things 10 years time mm-hmm. really well you know but like remembering what i watched last night is a bit of a nightmare <laughs> um so anyway this is a, that's a bit of a diversion but um what was i gonna say so see, i can't even remember what i was gonna say that's fine this is way more interesting yeah. than the episode so yeah. that okay talk about um, it. don't go for it um Complete, it's like a therapy session if you need it. Yes, you know, I think I might it. need to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I was sort of trying to remember the episode. That's what I was saying. I was listening to um, the Me- a measure of the fat of a fan, mm. the measure of a fan podcast, which is the one I appeared on yes, the other day. Yeah. And I quite often do this before we record. I quite often listen to their mm. their podcast on the episode because they're slightly in front of us, um, and they really hate Enterprise. <laughs> Or <laughs> well, certainly the first season. So I quite often listen to it to sort of get the bad side of it because I think we quite often are we're quite generous really towards the episodes. You know, we mm. do criticise them, yeah. but I think we're, we're quite generous. But today, I'm more or less I could almost like get my phone out, press play <laughs> on it, and put it in front of the microphone, and that could be my my contribution really. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. they really like Clancy Brown. They they really like that. That's the only bit they seem to like. But really, yeah, yeah. Oh. I think it's because I like Clancy Brown that this is a bit more of a disappointment for me. Mm. Like, other than that first scene where it felt like there were two different characters, there was the 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 scheming Harry Mudd. Thank you for putting that. That that is exactly what I was trying to think of, and I had this memory block where I couldn't think of what character I was trying to put it in. But yeah, there was this Harry Mudd scheming side to him. And then there was this brash mm. Arabic stero- stereotype, which they were clearly going for, that then happens once they get to the planet um, and then just stays for the rest of the episode. Yes. And I think that's what's disappointing is that the the Lex Luthor stuff, when he does the voice of Lex Luthor in so many different animated uh, Batman and Superman cartoons, he's so scheming and so horrible and it's so Oh, it's so wonderful. Oozes delicious villainous sides yeah. to it. Why couldn't he bring that to this villain? Yes. You know, the scheming villain um, who's put upon and sees himself as, you know, the underdog. There's so many times I've seen other characters he's played that could have fitted this character so much more. Um, yeah. 
but there we go anyway uh I, I love I love you, Clancy Brown. If you're listening, I don't you think you are, but there we go. Um, uh, but uh, just this one: what were you doing? What were you doing? Uh, anyway, we move on to uh, the planet. They go down to Tatooine. Uh, sorry, they go down to, um, this planet, uh, this desert planet. Now we get all the stereotypes. We have people herding goats, goats, yes. with, goats with three horns, um, just to make sure that they're alien goats. That uh, yeah, that Trip is a brilliant engineer. Because he declogged some some plasma conduits, Lieutenant Hess. Lieutenant Hess begs to differ, I'm sure, um, because she's now <laughs> fixing all the problems that Trip is not doing. After that little yes. conversation with Trip and Archer, uh, he's got all these uh, things to fix, and he's just left it for the rest of them to do. <laughs> so Brol, uh he's asking a lot of questions, but it's still not. It's not mm. like entertained. It's not where Dean Stockwell was straight yeah. in with the questions, but you could tell there was a an agenda to it. There is still this sort of. He's asking questions, but he's very nice about it. He's asking about geography. He's asking about, um, you know, what have you been got up to? And, you know, getting on with other cultures must be really tough for you. Um, so it's a nice interrogation scene, sort of. Um, we find out all kinds of words from this culture. Yellow sat is a cactus drink. Blood soup has essence of the male. Essence of the male. Uh, is this a sexy trick? Is this, you know, trying to talk about balls without actually saying balls? It's a uh, very weird one, if it is, isn't it? It's yeah. That's a very niche interest, isn't it? Really, let's be honest. Yeah, let's eat some balls. Mm, yeah, is that really thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's fascinating the geography side of it. I'm going to pull out some science. Let's just move away from the episode. Okay. There is a humanoid species that has developed on a primarily desert planet with a few lakes and oceans, um, and obviously human beings look pretty much the same, other than a weird dodgy tattoo on the chin. There is no difference between these two species, and we come from a planet that's got two thirds water. Any thoughts on the science of it? Does it make any sense? Well, do you know it's interesting because I was actually thinking about something similar in relation to the lacrosse game. Mm. The idea of convergent evolution, mm-hmm. where things you know, you get animals on this planet where they come, you know, they they live in totally different parts of the planet. Mm-hmm. But because they're in similar um, environments, they tend to involve to similar solutions. Yeah. So I guess um, I guess there's something about that. But the weird thing is, you know, like quite how a humanoid, you know, develops like that, and and certainly a, a hairless humanoid. Mm-hmm. You know, because it'd be hard to 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 sweat and stuff, and you know, you lose a lot of liquid, and most animals in the desert are pretty hairy. I think. I'm trying to think, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, yeah. So, I mean, again, it's just, it's just storytelling, isn't it? It's, you know, they didn't think, oh, how did this species evolve? They didn't work out a, a sort of evolutionary tree for this lot, did they? No. They just thought, I know, we'll make them look like Arabs. That's sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's about as much as they did, really. Yeah, because, like, would it be maybe a slightly reptilian species mm. if he'd had scales as part of his makeup, yeah. you know, still be, you know, a little bit of stuff glued on his forehead and, and, you know, yeah. it's the, the Star Trek equivalent of thinking through the evolution. Um, but if he'd just been a scaly species, I think I would have bought into it more because mm. then you've got you know, the reptilian aspect. They can survive in the desert. Yeah. There is this difference between them, but they're, they're similar enough that Archer doesn't get that them and us between them straight yep. away. 
Um, and yet we get this horrible, you know, take my rug, take my, this, you know, the, this is horrible. And you know, oh, are we really going to do this? Um, but we we're do getting get... there, mate. We're getting there. Oh, no. We are, uh, we're getting through. Oh, God. We're really plunging through this. Um, let's just talk about Star Wars. We're, we're talking about Tatooine anyway. Let's just talk about Star Wars. Um, I get the first Bo- book of Boba Fett. I haven't. No, I'm saving it up. Um, we've got uh, we're currently watching this show called Banshee, uh, which is a, oh, yeah. an old one from a couple of years ago um where it's uh, a criminal who becomes the sheriff of a, a small town um he's a career criminal uh, he was put away for 15 years and then he saves the actual sheriff or no the actual sheriff gets shot but he sort of intervenes and tries to help him so then he takes on the mantle of being the sheriff of the town and then it's all the stuff that happens from there once we finish that then we're going to become Bub- bubba fett fans again and, and go all there from from there but yeah is it good i don't mind spoilers so i've seen the first two episodes and i've really enjoyed it actually because i I really struggled to get into the Mandalorian, so I never quite mm. got into that. But I'm enjoying this, I must say. Nice. Yeah. It, does it sort of play on everything you sort of hope from that, or is it building its own material, if you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it 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 pulls from canon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will spoil it a little bit to say that um, the first, I think, the first scene is him falling into the the um, the thing in the on the sand, you know. Oh, um, there's the uh, the pit, the, thousand, um, the Solak. Yeah, the mm. Solak, yeah. So that's the first scene. So it sort of picks up directly from there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but nice. no, I've, I've, I've seen two episodes. I've enjoyed them both, actually. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we'll see. Well, welcome I, to the Star Wars uh, yeah, <laughs> Temple Trek. Star Wars, the Temple Trek, yes. <laughs> we could put yes. this out as the April Fool's uh, episode. I don't know. Yeah. We'll delay it out. That's fine. Yes, it's uh, the Temple Wars. <laughs> oh don't get me started that's a that's another po- podcast right there that's it <laughs> temporal wars podcast um yeah it's we get a red flag i suppose in the interrogation where he brings up the sulaban and yep. he does mention you know interesting people what do you think and then it sort of goes into oh this is why he's here um do you still think he's a villain or do you think that at this point it's still redeemable aspects of his character i don't think he's a villain all the way through actually mm. I don't think he's a villain. He's a, uh, I mean, again, this is a, I mean, this is maybe the interesting thing to talk about in the episode is hmm. freedom fighter versus terrorist. Yeah. You know, where does that line come and, you know, and you know, so I don't think he's a, a villain. I think he's, I think he's trying to protect his people. Hmm. And, you know, and again, you know, Archer is famous now for this, this rescue. Mm-hmm. You know, it, what's interesting is it's been, been sort of um, built up, already it's got to him and it's i can't remember what he says 250 or 500 or something he says yeah he says thousands at one point um, Does he? Oh, okay. you, you you rescued yeah he just says thousands of prisoners i've got it later in my notes um and jonathan archer is already sort of like flinching away and like not really not thousands where did you get that number from so there's that you know there's that aspect of it and i think so i don't think he's a villain he certainly i don't think he he sees himself as a villain although i don't suppose villains seems i don't know i suppose Anyway, that's another. Mm. Um, but so for me, that's that's the interesting part of this episode, which is again, which I don't think is fully explored, really, or is not really explored. That you know what, what is that? You know, you, Nelson Mandela is obviously the 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 obvious example. You know, he was mm-hmm. vilified mm-hmm. by the state, by the South African state, and in, in fact, you know, I mean, famously, I think um, Tory Tory party members used to wear the badge, you know. Nelson Mandela is a terrorist. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, and that sort of stuff. And now, of course, he's he's sanctified. You know, mm, absolutely. Um, and there's all there's that line. You know, where is that? And and is that a is that a history thing? Is that sort of like the result of history? You know, victory leads to to freedom fighter, and defeat leads to terrorist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so no, I don't I don't think of him as, as a villain at all. Actually, I think of him as as a, a man, someone who is committed to a cause. Yeah. Um, again, you can talk about, you know, the tactics that are used, you know, but then this is, this is something you see in, you know, when you have non-state actors, Yeah. you know, the, the weapons of the week, I'm trying to think of the, the um, there's a philosopher, um, an Italian guy, and I can't think of his name now, who talked about weapons of the week. Oh, uh, well, there goes my three years of uh, university education. Um, it's not Leibniz. It's no, no. I'm sure he's Italian. I'm sure he was Italian. And um, no, no. I'm going to do what you just did. I'm going to look it up. Look it up by all means. We're not talking about this episode, so it's all right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we could just do 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 just for, just um, entertain yourselves while we're doing this <laughs> there's a there's a great thing uh, on the too young for this trek podcast they they have this uh, google ad shit that google ad shit that google ad shit that bad facebook um they have a little jingle for it maybe we should have a jingle for the for the bad episodes where we want to google stuff instead of actually talking about anything <laughs> it says james c scott but it's not him i can't find it oh it's really annoying yeah, I'm getting his James C. Scott as well. Yeah, I know that there's a there's a Italian guy and I can't think of his name. Anyway, anyway, weapons of the week. <clears throat> yeah, the idea that you know, when you're when you're sort of a small group or you're not you know, not a state, then you have to use the means available to you. So like strike strikes are you know sort of probably the the most famous or most sort of recognisable one. Mm-hmm. You know, groups of individuals get together form a union and then use that power um to, to to sort of fight against bigger opposition for one of a better word so anyway i'm i'm really going off off kilter here so i think you know i yeah i think yeah not a villain he's a freedom fighter for me mm. I'm, I'm a i'm a sort of supporter of basically of of people fighting for their their rights um you know, I think there are limits to that, and there are ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I think people are forced into situations, and and from what he says about what was happening, then he's, you know, that that their group, their their people have been forced into that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my uh, two penneth worth. Yeah. That's fair enough. Because um, we, we have the, the lacrosse, the desert lacrosse, desert polo, yes. whatever you want to call it, um, game. Um, Quidditch on sand. Um, yes. Uh, with shirts off, again. Yes, yes. It, I don't know, it still feels, you know, exploitative. It's a little bit Top Gun, uh, hanging yes. with the boys. Um, uh-huh. Maybe I'll, I'll edit in that bit of music just so we've got something else in the episode. Um, Cascara is, it looks like a fun game. Again, yeah. You know, we're thinking about the development on the planet. Yep. Is this a game that makes sense for that environment? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, the problem you'd have with like football or the mm-hmm. equivalent of football is sand isn't ideal Very for true. football necessarily. Although 
I think on beaches and stuff people play football, but could have been volleyball. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. I mean, it's a ball game, and and people seem to come up with ball games, don't they? That's very true. Everyone needs a ball game, just to something yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if it, if it wasn't for Zoom, we'd probably just go and have a kick around now, and exactly, you know, just, yeah, and yeah. just not have to talk about this episode. But there we go. Um, the Chancellor communicates with the Enterprise, and yes. we get the, the the sort of classic. You know, uh, you're never going to see an engineering captain again. You've lost them. So we've just said Zabral isn't a villain. He is a freedom fighter. He has this cause, just or or whatever you could debate, yep. but. Is it an archer abduction? No, no, I don't think it is. No, only because I don't think you know. Because again, we're, we're, what we're getting is his perspective, the the chancellor's perspective. Um, so you know he's going to be negative. That's not to say that he's not right necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I don't mm-hmm. think anywhere in the episode, I don't think we see an attempt to sort of hold him or anything like that. Nope. Even when we move into the next scenes where they're they're put into the basement, it's yeah. for his protection. It is quite yeah. rightly, you know, so he's down there. They're going to be attacked. They're being shelled. Um, the, the safest place to be would be down in the basement, even though that's happened to Archer before. He's normally in restraints. There's normally some, some you know, uh, over-the-top reason why he might fall onto to pole or something like that. Um, but they are oh, genuine... <laughs> talking about other bad episodes or parts of episodes um just this whole part of the the episode it, there's never a point where zabral says you're not leaving you have no. to listen to me he says yeah. listen to my story i have a you know a legitimate excuse and he's talking about having to wear these robes um you know uh, being forced to sort of identify as a certain group a certain tribe um, which I didn't know whether, you know, if they've got the tattoos, if that's a tribal tattoo, isn't that identification enough? Which seemed a bit, you know, it's overkill that they had to wear these burlap sacks. And so there, there's an added element. So it's not just um, the tribe you are. It's the fact that yeah. they were physically made to do certain things to identify yeah. as their tribe as well. Um, so he is genuinely from a point of being oppressed and his entire uh, plan being oppressed as well. And then having this sort of tokenism, you know, it, you know, you can now be set free. You can set fire to these things. There was dancing in the streets and then they didn't live up to their bargain. Yeah. And they started persecuting in other ways. It became more institutional and, and so forth and so on. And so, yeah, he said the only thing we've got left is to you know, stay outside the cities and, and attack from outside to go in. Do you think they were trying to be topical that this episode maybe was written after the season, mid-season break? to try and be topical because Afghanistan was now in the news because they were trying to offer maybe a Star Trek take on, you know, desert cultures and being outsiders. I, I think that's very possible. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I think I'm trying to think there, there is a quote, but again, I'm useless, but you know, the idea that, you know, artists for want of a better word, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but um, they react to that, you know, you react to your environment you react to what's going on you can't help that mm. so i think you know possibly yes i mean it if it was it wasn't done in a sort of very sort of in your face way i don't think particularly mm. but there's a whole sort of arab thing you mm. know and you know all that stuff and you know and sort of islam i mean obviously that's not 
you know, their, their religion isn't mentioned, but you know, that's a sort of assumption I suppose you could make mm. from from the the, the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, but not in a way that I mean, I don't think um, it qualifies for the allegory um, exploration yeah. later on. Yeah, put it that way. Yeah, it's it's not on the nose enough to make a direct parallel, but. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe 20 years on, as we're mm. sitting here, you could see that that sort of seeped into what yeah. they were trying to do with this episode. Um, whether they pulled it off or not is another matter. Um, they go back up to the Enterprise. There's a bit more talk between the Chancellor and the Enterprise. This is where, as you were saying with reputation, the reputation of Archer got to Zabral. And so he went through this elaborate scheme to try and bring him to the planet. I'm surprised that the Chancellor didn't do some more research. After the first call up to the Enterprise, I can I can well believe that he would have been ignorant to what Enterprise is, doesn't really care about yeah. them. And then gradually he's then going to get reports, maybe have, um, oh, I've heard about your ship, you destabilise regions, you upset the sectors and all this sort of stuff. Um, I'm surprised that there wasn't this duality to the reputation, that that wasn't brought into the episode. Um, that the, the, the state see the Enterprise as... Um, unstable, whereas Zabral sees them as a saviour, and it's the flip of everything else. You know, um, just any thoughts on on that, really? And should there have been that extra layer just to give the episode a bit more oomph? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly. I mean, if if Zabral's heard about it, I mean, it might be that you know this is a sort of whispered in the shadows of sort of you know sort of I don't know freedom fighters and you know across the galaxy sort of thing or universe or whatever mm. the sector anyway um so maybe it hasn't come down to the sort of official channels yet but yeah certainly you would have thought you know i mean yeah i don't know how how does this information get out you know where does it i mean i guess it come from a, a pseudobar mm-hmm. you know but uh, yeah so maybe it's more like an underground story which is yeah has come down to sort of, you know, come down. He might be that he deals with someone who deals in weapons or something, and and you know, he he knows a Sulaban or you know, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. rather than being a more official sort of. Although you would have imagined that maybe I can't think of the, the aliens in detained, but they might have. Yeah, you know, that yeah. might have sort of. There might have been links between those two cultures, and they would have discussed. You know, oh, we got some intelligence on. Mm on the enterprise which is the human ship and stuff and yeah it's so, yeah it's, it's another mil- militant sort of technological technologically advanced ish species maybe not a star empire that the the, the detained the tandarans were but you'd think that there would be some recognition of each other they, they're clearly aware of space flight because they have shuttles that are capable of doing it yeah um uh, that there wouldn't be some official rumblings i know enterprise mm. is a single ship maybe yeah. You know, it's not important on a galactic scale that states would take interest. But like you say, through the whispers, through a reputation, through their actions, they've got, you know, the word of mouth, the reputation uh, uh, at sort of a lower level. Um, Hmm. You know, um, and and I suppose you would expect as well that that there'd be spies. Yeah. You know, so the the state would have spies in place. Mm. That would have, you know, so, yeah, again, you know, I think we have a tendency, and I think most Star Trek fans have a tendency to think more about this than than the writers necessarily <laughs> do. 
No. Yep, that's our job. That's all. That's what yeah. we're here for. Uh, that's what. That's why there's a thousand Star Trek podcasts out there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they escape the the underground basement. Uh, it's now the desert crossing. It is now yeah. the part of the episode that gives it the title, and we get you know everything from Lawrence of Arabia tropes to uh, any other kind of Gallipoli movies that you can think of. Trip is struggling the most, and yes. it's so vastly different from Archer. Like, mm. it's not that they're both struggling, but Archer's putting on a steady uh, face for it, whereas Trip is just giving in. There is a mm. big difference between the two of them. So no yes. wonder Trip kicked up a fuss and didn't yeah. want to go to the desert. I'm with him on that, by the way. I wouldn't want to go down to a desert planet. Um, uh, me with this complexion and, and a desert is not a good thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's there's not. this is where nothing really happens. It is a little bit more crossing. There's a little bit more on the Enterprise where they're trying to figure out what's going on. They invite Zabrol up, and this is the bit where we get on the comms with Zabrol, and it's like, let me on board your ship. And it, that inflection to the way he's saying the words, I mean, that is borderline offensive, if not offensive. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Just the absolutely. way it's delivered. It's yeah. so different from the character we first met in the first scene to yeah. what he then does. And then when he's in the shuttle bay and they're explaining, it wasn't thousands, it was 89. And I was the one who did it. It wasn't Archer. Reed wants to get credit for blowing stuff up. Yes. That's, <laughs> that is definitely something from this episode. Um, but I do like that T'Pol was the one to shout him down. You know, you're responsible for these. They are just as responsible for them as they are for your own clan and, and things like that. Um, just anything on on that interaction and, and to Paul and Reed try and sort of settle the score as it were. I mean, yeah. Again, it, ju it just takes the, the story forward, really. That's mm -hmm. what it does. It, it serves a, f a purpose again. You know, I don't think it's a great scene. I don't think, um, you know, I feel terrible because I'm really, I am struggling, <laughs> you know, what this thing that has just popped into my head is, is the other episode. Um, I don't know if it's season four, Four or season two, maybe. Uh, is it called Sunrise? Where Trip Ooh. is on a planet stuck with that sort of lizard mm. bloke. Yes, he does very well in that situation. Mm. Compared to this time, I don't know whether it's because it's a dry heat or something that it's just you know, could be. It's a very dry heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could be, or it just you know he's been tempered. You know, like yes, a fine, maybe, like, yeah, like yeah. a fine sword or a, yes. a blacksmith. You know, he's tempered to now to the heat and does surviving in the desert. Maybe that was the consequence of this episode. The trip just maybe, you know yes. gets better at, at high um, high temperatures. There we go. Um, but they did deal with that, and we go back down to the surface. And Trip and Archer have now found this hut, this a former abandoned um, campsite. Uh, they're boiling off water, making sure that everything's fine. You can see some real survival training yeah. coming out in this part for the first time um but, uh, it's taken a while but we got there um there's a chance to sort of try and keep him awake so they play a little game they play geography um yeah. I i've never called that geography i don't know why is that a game that you've ever played as well the way you take the last no, i've away? never played that game i've heard of it and mm. i've sort of i think it's i think it's almost maybe something you see in films and television more than you see in real life i don't know <laughs> It's one of those strange sort of tropes. So I'm sure I've seen it done in, in programs and, and films and stuff before. Mm. But I've never played it, I have to say. Is, is it a bit like... Um, this is a, a niche re um, reference for a 
Radio 4 listeners <laughs> and B, English people, British people. Because there's a game, there's the um, Mornington Crescent. Oh, yes. Uh, on uh, have uh, Just a Minute, is it? No, not Just a Minute. It's, um, no, it's not Just a Minute. It's the one... We are really bad today. I know. Just to, it, you know, we've been thrown for a loop. We've watched Dress yeah. Crossing, and now you know we've got we've got heat stroke by watching the episode. That's what it is. Um, yeah, it, yeah, but it's a Channel Four game show, and I, uh... I'm going to have a look. I'm going to I'm going to Google it again. Google it again. That's it. Let's just do it as something else. Um, wow. But yeah, this this game uh, was just taking the last letter of the word that you just said and then trying to think of something else as well um but this is rhode island straight into Draylax, which is then a reference to broken bow so at least there is a you know uh, a temporal uh callback there um and then xanadu we get a very uh, obscure musical reference from archer i never pegged archer for a, a musical fan i have to say yes um, indeed uh, any luck googling the the show yes uh- um, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Sorry, I haven't a clue, of course. Which is probably out for today's episode, really. Isn't it? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> we, we haven't got a clue at all. <laughs> Archer loves musicals. Uh, we've got uh, Arabic stereotypes. We've yes. got uh, really bad survival training and nothing much else. Um, yeah. There is actually, I've skipped well ahead of this, actually. There was a scene, a couple of scenes back with Hoshi. And I thought it was yes. a really interesting discussion about why Montana. And when the Vulcans first came down, yes, logically, that's where the first warp flight was. That's fine. But the spooking of other nations, if you Mm. came down to Mm. America, would that unsettle the Russians? Would that unsettle China? Would it unsettle certain things? And it was an interesting just uh, callback. I know it then ends with a really over the top. Well, Archer needs to make some directives of his own. Wink, wink to the camera. Um, But I thought it was an interesting (laughs) little discussion there. Just, you know, uh, what if they really did come down to Montana and they were in mm. Bozeman and then other state powers wanted to kick off and say, well, you sent representatives there. Why aren't they over here? Is there a consulate in Britain, in Russia, in Europe, mm. in you know, everywhere? Um, uh, any yeah, thoughts? Again, yeah, it's interesting because, again, it, you know, this is a, maybe, again, alterations, but, you know, you could have, that could have been a, a you know, one of the sort of, What's the word? One of the sort of reasons why the Chancellor was upset. You know, why yeah. didn't you come and see us? Yeah. And I suppose to a certain extent there is that in there. He does sort of sort of say that, I think. Mm. But um so yeah, I think that's an interest again, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what would happen if you you know you landed on the planet? Because that's the thing. I mean, I think again with with Star Trek in general. You know the planets are very monocultured generally. You know, but actually, if we look at our planet, I mean, I know if we look at our planet in Star Trek, mm-hmm. there's a world government and stuff, and you know, so that sort of negates that issue as such. But certainly, you know, if you land on a planet that maybe isn't sort of warp capable, you know, well, like with um, the Communicator mm-hmm. episode, I can't remember if that's season two or not, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, they land and, and it causes real problems because they think the opposition have got genetically altered soldiers and stuff and and beam weapons and all the rest of it. That they, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's again, that's interesting. Again, you know, this is what's so frustrating because there's lots of stuff to mine here. 
there's lots of stuff that could go you know sort of go into the episode and be interesting sort of tweaks or, or um you know a nice sort of richer story mm, mm. and they sort of missed all these opportunities you know a bit of geopolitical instability would have been quite interesting wouldn't it absolutely i mean just to finish the episode on you know archer does his first set of diplomacy and wants to bring the tribes together and talk mm. Um, and that there's a you know the offer to use the enterprise as an impartial party, um, yeah. um, or if not the enterprise, you know say you know, there are other species out there. Why not talk to them and and sort of have um, the chance to to meet it out and talk about it? Um, because they do mention in the episode, you came to me thinking I was a warrior. That's not what I'm about. But I am about this. And, you know, mm. humanity learned from its problems and has spent 100 years trying to get over the worst of its side. Maybe we could help you with this and, and talk it out and show you that there's another way. Mm. I don't want to extend the pain, <laughs> but this is maybe where we could have a two episode. <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, it's already part of the Rice trilogy. We could make it a, well, a yeah. Rice Quadrology. Yeah, Rice Quadrology, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, but you know that would be i think that would be so much more interesting wouldn't it you know if they landed at the planet mm -hmm. this this sort of resolved quite quickly mm -hmm. and then you had time to have this sort of you know this trying to get some kind of you know understanding between the two parties it would be much more interesting mm -hmm. it would have given uh reed maybe more of a chance to blow stuff up get rid of the yeah. network uh you know they take down the network and it's like right okay your barriers are down we're not yep. going to attack anything, um, you know, not an intrusive way, not, you know, aggressive sort of blow everything up and then say, you know, at phaser point, you now have to talk. But just say, look, we were getting our people back. We've done that. But, you know, here's a neutral ship in orbit around your planet. Bring every representative of every clan, come and talk on us and end on a high note or at least an mm. optimistic note. Yeah. Um, because the way the end episode ends, and we'll finish it off here, is Sabral leaves not being aggressive or anything so at least you know not going into that villainous uh stereotype which you could have gone into quite easily the way yes. they've been playing it um and archer is genuinely puzzled and, and thinking that maybe it is a cause worth fighting for yeah um yeah it, it seems weird that even at this point where there's no federation there's no um you know structured way of doing anything that he didn't think of maybe brokering a peace deal um, and this is something that went through the whole episode. There was points where T'Pol was talking to the Chancellor and she didn't even say, well, you know, if you want us to do a rescue operation, send a security representative to stay on our shuttle and you can observe everything we do. There wasn't yeah. even that thought of diplomacy. Yeah. When there could have been yeah. quite easily. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. There we go. That's it. Locating the episode. Uh, that may be the shortest. Like, taking out all our Google yes. time and stuff. Probably about 45 <laughs> minutes. That's about it. Done. Um, <laughs> so we go on to uh, the, the rating system. So C, yes. consequences. Uh, there's no timey wiminess, so there's no continuity. So consequences. Anything that comes from this episode, you think that maybe a reference point for the future? Not really, other than the fact that there is that sort of Obviously, there is a, a sort of intergalactic uh, sort of whispers, or you know, there's, mm -hmm. so where that would that again, you know, as I said, I think I said earlier, you know, you could have you could have played on that. You could have had sort of three or four episodes through the series mm. that would be like, you know, oh, we heard about you you saving the planet, you know, desert guys, and mm. you know, 
do you know what I mean? That that could have been a sort of thing going on. Yeah, I think. Um, but that's you know that doesn't happen, so that's not a consequence. No. So no, there's there's nothing that I can think of. Yeah, there's there's the reputation precedes you is in this episode. Why isn't that continued? Why doesn't it mm. just keep going? Um, it may play, play into the our episode next week as we complete the Ricer trilogy, and there are some references that you could sort of see as as connective to previous episodes. But really, this specific episode, other than maybe updating your survival techniques uh, and survival training to, to more than just two weeks in Australia, maybe. Um, <laughs> but there we go. I can't think of any consequence at all. Um, and maybe that's an indicator of a good or bad episode. I just don't know. Uh, we go on to A. Uh, allegory or alteration. So what do you want to go for? alterations today don't you yeah i can't i really cannot mind this for anything on an allegory there are some great conversations like the montana conversation yeah but alterations something deeper something more from this episode i don't know what i I suppose if we if we were going to try allegories let's try it let's try it go for it (laughs) so the only one i can think of is the sort of freedom fighter slash um terrorist thing and where that falls that's that's an allegory i guess you know and, and so, you know you could you could sort of make that argument but it's it's not explored enough to to achieve mm. that really yeah um so alterations <laughs> i'm i'm going to be very glib here and because i just thought of it as we were chatting and i thought i know what i'm going to say and it's going to be write a different episode <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a first for Temporal Trek now. Is yes. <laughs> just do away with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just write a better episode. That's my, my alteration. <laughs> There's a right. Okay. You have to keep the same title, but yep. if it was Desert Crossing. Oh, right. Okay. What would the new episode be? And keeping within the Reiser trilogy. Oh, God. Wow. You're putting the pressure on now. <laughs> um, what would it be? Would it be a sort of standard, we've detected a weird insert phenomenon, they crash land, the crash land episode? Oh, yes, that would be quite good, wouldn't it? A crash land episode, yeah. On the desert planet. Um, yeah, maybe a, something similar to um, Basics in Voyager, mm. where actually what they, they land up is like a Stone Age civilization. Oh, yeah. And they have to sort of, they have to make that, you know, like in in basics where they um, save the girl, I think, don't they? Or yes. Chakotay, and it yeah. leads to that sort of, you know, so maybe something along those sort of lines. I mean, I'm, I'm really grabbing it out of the air here, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, something along those sort of lines. Any, I mean, anything, just like, you know, <laughs> literally just, anything <laughs> even like a just a really bottle episode where they're you know where they're sort of i don't know they're just sort of stuck on this planet for some reason or they just you know and they just have to sort of survive mm. you know just something you know and maybe you could just like pepper it with you know thinking oh it'd be so nice to get to riser well mm-hmm. i can't wait to get to riser hopefully riser's nicer than this you know <laughs> just like you know a real sort of cheesy up with you know 
Oh, we're going to Ryzen next week. Oh yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, just anything, man. Anything. Would anything. Yeah. I, I was thinking, if it's not a crash episode, because we've had sort of shuttle pod ones, we've had our disaster yeah. shuttle pod episode for the season. If we want to avoid that, what if you know, as part of the Riser trilogy, Enterprise has agreed to have two weeks off. So everything that happens for this episode and the next episode is all their holiday combined. Oh, okay. And they've heard about this desert planet where there is a race, a desert crossing, as it were, race. Brilliant. And, you know, they're going to put Trip as the engineer to yep. build this sand skimmer vehicle, whatever. You know, put your CGI, even if it's dodgy, in there. Yep. Um, and it's just a race between them and Travis might have something to do, do you know that popped into my head travis should be the pilot shouldn't he exactly and the and it's it's uh trip and travis not archer are going yeah. through this and we find out that maybe the race is a bit more of a political exercise yes. that there's yep. some intrigue here that actually the tribes aren't really getting along and every tribe enters the race but it's always the favorite that wins because they've got access to more technology and you know all that kind of stuff and then we end on an optimistic note that Archer says, well, maybe there's more to it than just a race. Maybe you could work together. And you know, there's another aspect to it that, you know, it's a holiday for them because they get to watch the yep. race. The crew could then watch. We could get little, yep. some lower decks bits and vignettes. You know, Flox might have something to do in the episode as well. I think Flox is missing. That's a big thing for this episode. Yes. You know, the only problem with that idea is that is exactly the, the plot for that Voyager episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Sorry, I stole from Voyager. <laughs> did you do that on purpose or did that come into your head? Oh, you're trying to test my knowledge, aren't you? That's what it is. Yep. That was it. I was, I was going to say, maybe, you know, Travis and Trip could be wearing these white uniforms we've yes. never seen before. Uh, yeah. And they shortly but... get married shortly afterwards. <laughs> Or just before, is it? I think they might have already been married. But oh, now there's a relationship you could explore. Trip and Travis yes. get married at the end. That yes. would be brilliant. I would love to see that. You know, the the pilot, the boomer, and you know yep. the engineer. It's a marriage made in heaven. Those are two characters who could fit quite well together. Um, maybe they would have, you know, given Travis more screen time if he'd hooked yes. up with Trip. So there we go. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we'll stop there. We'll stop there. Alliteration. Uh, so. Uh, alterations is done uh because we could just go on just pitching new episodes i think all the time yeah um so uh going on to r for recommendation in the lcar system is it a good episode for star trek fans no no quite simple really isn't it yeah two star trek fans right here didn't enjoy it there's there's things you could get out of it little bits but it's really hard um like finding a needle in the desert um, is it a good episode for non-Star Trek fans? No. No. There's some Porthos moments. I there is. Yes, Porthos. When the dog's in it, it does help. But <laughs> I can't really think of anything in this episode that I would want to go back to. I would struggle to go back to this if I didn't have you know, to watch it. There, there's, there is now two episodes in the whole canon of Star Trek that I hope I never see again. <laughs> and this is one of them. Ooh. What, what's the other? The other one is the fight from Voyager. Oh yeah, yep, I know. God help me! That oh my god, that is the worst. I mean, Desert Crossing is much better than the fight. <laughs> god, I tell you honestly, I've I've spoken to um, the guys at um, I Quit Star Trek. Yeah, see if I can go, go on there to talk about the fight because I hate <laughs> it that much. 
that's the episode I picked, which would, I mean, I'm never going to quit Star Trek, but I've quitted that episode. Yeah. I never want to see that again. There are definite episodes you can do that on. Absolutely. Um, I can't really think of one that would make me quit off the bat. I mean, there are some really offensive ones, like other than the offensive ones, the obviously yeah. offensive stuff. Yeah. I, uh, as an episode that's so bad that I would make me quit. I don't know if it's Desert Cross. Oh, it's close, but you know, I'm I'm a sucker for a ghost story. Sometimes uh, okay, I do I do right. enjoy a good ghost story, um, even if it's sex, ghosts, and candles. Um, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to think such, about it. So much fun to come at me. So much fun to. Oh my god! It's 17 years of uh, of this all the time. <laughs> We're going to have like some great episodes. You know, we'll be doing all your best of both worlds and everything like that. And yeah. then, oh, good! It's Sub Rosa. Oh yeah. no! Thresholds <laughs> coming up. Oh, great! Threshold, here it comes. Yeah. yeah. I, but, uh, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Threshold, actually. Yeah, there is in a there funny some, sort of way. Some fun things in there, I have to say. Yeah. It, I know, I know, it gets a reputation as being bad and breaking yeah. cannons and and what whatnots, but it, it's fun. It's silly. It, you know, Tom Paris turns into a lizard. That's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Code of Honor is a probably a yeah. quiff, but again, that is an offensive one yeah. as well. So there is a, but there are parts of that episode. If you take the offensive stereotypes out, it's just what is that episode what what is it what what does it really do um justice oh just oh justice yeah there is the philosophical thing though isn't there of like yeah do you stick to your guns and yep. do you break the law for a higher goal and if the yep. law doesn't match higher goals what's wrong with the law yeah you can mine that a little bit again yep. it is really just an ex- it's a sexy trek episode really i mean it's just as bad as yes, what we've been seeing right, in enterprise yeah. so you're right what about the one with um, the uh, mud monster? You know, the, the one that kills. Uh... Or oh, you see now that one that gave me nightmares as a kid. Did it? And if yeah. something gives me nightmares, there's like there's a weird nostalgic element to that. Yeah. Because it's something that will stick. When you see Riker's face in the oil slick, and he get after he got sucked in, that has stayed with me for a long okay. time. And I there's a part of me that thinks that maybe I saw that episode earlier than I think. Well, I saw yes. like a, a documentary or something about it because I seem to recall something on TV talking about inappropriateness on TV for children. And they used a clip of Star Trek coming up because it was new and they were talking about yep. this next generation and like, you know, uh, family entertainment was all about the TOS and we could everybody could watch Spock and it was all good fun. Um, and then they showed this episode or a clip of this episode. I think it might have been on the news, in fact. And they're saying this isn't appropriate for children. That he's been sucked in. You can see his face and all this sort of stuff. And that stuck with me. And we hadn't oh. seen it on TV at that point. Um, so I've always got that element. Yeah, it's bad. There are lots of things about the episode that are bad, but because of the nostalgia factor, I think it saves it for me. But yeah, loads of people would probably quit over that one too. <laughs> but it does give us a great joke in Lower Decks as well, where they're torturing arms. Well, do you know, I was thinking of that. Yeah, that is a brilliant joke. That's true. Uh, if only for that, they came back to yeah. it. That's it. Um, we've, we've blasted through that episode. We have, yeah, yes. in an In an hour. Yeah. <laughs> we've never done that on Trek before. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. So that was Desert Crossing. That was the part two of uh, the Ryson trilogy. And we're going to go into the next one for next week. Uh, so um, all that remains is set up the last criteria. So join us next week as we go to chrono date season three episode 26 of the podcast 
and season one, episode 24 of Enterprise, as it's two days and two nights as we finally get to Risa. Um, thank you very much for listening. Dan? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, hopefully we won't be quite as scathing on the next one. I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for this in a way. Um, only, f- yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But um, yeah, so hopefully you won't be quite as scathing this time. Yeah, it it's a, it's an episode of two halves for me. There are There's two sides to this coin, uh, just as there was two sides to the coin for this episode. Maybe that is another thing we could have brought in for Desert Crossing. There's two sides yes. to every story. Yes. Uh, but there we go. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next time stream. Goodbye. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest they do not reflect the rights holders of star trek any star trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work the intro music birthright by audio binger is royalty free from the free music archive check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com the temple trek is a free podcast with no patreon or sponsorship however If you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. There we go. Right. That ends there. Uh, You know what? I I think that was quite a good episode in a funny sort of way. (laughs) I I love it. Whenever I'm talking about um, podcasts and things that I listen to, it's always the episodes where it breaks down, and Mm. whatever format they have is just thrown out the window that I love the most. Um, uh, Maybe I should just do that all the time. Maybe just abandon the format and we'll just go, just talk.